favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have award-winning Amish fiction author Mindy Steele, who will introduce us to her latest release, Cicada Season, the third book in her Miller Creek series. Hello, Mindy. How are you? Hello, Tracy. Doing good. Good, good. We have some exciting news. It is the end of August when we are recording this podcast, and you just won a great award through the um, Faith, Hope, and Love Writers Group. Would you like to tell us a little bit about it? Oh, yes. Yes, I would love to talk about that all day. That was such (laughs) wonderful news. I've actually never entered but two contests ever, and to know that this was a Reader's Choice Award kind of meant a lot more to me. When they announced that I was a finalist, I was just, you know, over the moon ecstatic. Uh, it was such a sweet story. Being Adam's story is just, it's moved across the country. I was content with that. So it came as a huge surprise um, when I was announced as the winner in Sweet Romance. And Amish Flower Farm took that category. So, yeah, that that was wonderful. And it's more wonderful to know that readers help choose those winners as opposed to other contests. So, yeah, it 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 hangs directly on my wall. Yeah, I'm very, Aww. very proud of that accomplishment. Yeah, it was I was on the call that night um, when they announced your name and I I had my um, audio off, of course, but I'm like. Honey, honey, cry, cry. You know, I'm hollering at my husband. Mindy just won this award. And, you know, it, it was pretty cool for me too, just because I know that we're friends and, and I could, I could just, I could almost feel your excitement. So it was pretty cool. Well, you probably even heard it. I, I had mine <laughs> <you> too. <laughs> and I remember I shook the whole porch jumping up and down and I made quite a few dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It was well deserved. I have read the flower farm and it was definitely deserved that that is a wonderful story it's a wonderful story so again congratulations Mindy that was wonderful thank you Tracy you're welcome well what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about cicada season but before we do that like you know I love to talk to our authors about some things about their writing career you know believe it or not our listeners love to hear um, our story. So I love sharing a little bit. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your writing career and then we can move to talk about your latest release. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Go right ahead. All right. So tell us first how many books you've written thus far and which was your favorite? Oh, okay. Uh, well, if we count published books, um, Cicada Season will mark my seventh book since last spring that actually has been published, but I had to actually go back and count all my manuscripts of things that are being shopped and books that are coming up. And I have a total of 21, which actually surprised me too. So I have 21 total stories that are slowly making their way out there. Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah. And a lot of work. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As far as uh, a favorite, I get asked that so much. I still have not figured out the best way to answer. I love them all and for different reasons. And I could go probably on all day about why, but we don't have that. So let me just say Cicada Season was such a joy to write out of all the books I've written so far. 
I literally sat down at a campsite in one afternoon and drafted the entire story because it was just that vivid and that quick. I, I still, I can't think of, not think of Hannah and Leon and just not laugh out loud. I think readers are really going to enjoy this new rendition, you know, to the Miller's Creek series. Oh, well, I know I've been enjoying the Miller Creek series. So tell us, what is the most surprising thing you've discovered while writing your book? That deadlines are great motivation to get a story done. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and, it, and, you know, it, it's okay to write from the heart, to just write, just write directly from your heart, because actually that's where all the good stuff is. I think we worry too much about what publishers and editors and, and people think that we kind of, you know, I, I, I've write for six separate publishers, which is stupid, but um, they all want something different. And I have learned that even if I try to appeal to different targeted audiences, if you write from the heart, your message does come through so much more clear. I, I don't think people realize how many great le- or I've never realized how many great lessons and connections people would find within these stories. But I've had readers that reach out and they share what they think of a certain character or a certain scene or how some little sentence that when I wrote it, I just thought it was filling in a space or just fit, but to them it actually was life changing. So I I think when we write from what we know and write from our heart, it does make a huge difference. It certainly does. So who do you think your favorite character is in all (laughs) of the books that you've written? Another hard question. Um, I love B in the flower farm because mainly I think she represents Almost every reader. I, I really think that her, her flaws, her plight just, you know, fits all of us in some little way. I loved Grace Miller in Christmas Grace. For me, she just taught me so much as her character developed. As I wrote her, I realized how much stronger we can be when we have to. Uh, Lydia and Silas, who were first on the scene of Miller's Creek, the from To Catch a Hummingbird, I think they're always going to be dear to me. This is such a hard question. If I have to pick a favorite, let me just say the older women of each of my books, like Ellie, Hazel, Memo Molly, older women, wise women, women who know the importance of holding families and communities together. They might just be side characters in each of my books, but they carry such a message and a great wisdom for everyone who reads them. That's wonderful. Do you think that any of your characters mimic you? You're a writer, so you understand you're, you're always putting parts of yourself um, in there, scenes. I mean, we raised a large family. There's scenes I've wrote over silly things that my children have done. But, yeah, there's certain things. Daniel's daughters are um, his Amish wife's hidden past, Hannah. I didn't even realize it until months after the book came out that I wrote about a woman with three daughters, which I have, who was now at a meal. And my father owned a sawmill. And I actually described the path and everything not consciously realizing I was doing it while writing the book. So, and you know, Daniel, these weren't his children. So when me and Mike married, we both had children that we brought together into our family. So it was a blended family. And I didn't even realize until after I wrote the book, how much I had put myself or our life into that story. I think we do it. It's um, not conscious that we do it, but it's, you know, our experiences and, and the things that we do somehow do seep into there but now I don't think that there's a single character that would be me I I don't think I think there's all of them have a part but none of them are actually me 
that's just too vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) Too vulnerable. I I tend to write more of my husband Craig's little comments. You know, he's, he doesn't talk much. He's a man of few words, but when he does say something, it's usually pretty meaningful. So I know I've added, dripped some of his, our conversations of how he said something to me in the storyline when I'm, uh, when dialogue is with a man, I will flip in some things. So probably don't tell him as much <laughs> as I include <laughs> as I do, as I do. Well, it's good to have them inspirations and, and a lot of my heroes and many of my stories. I've had great men around me, my husband, my son, my brother-in-laws, my father, you know, grandfathers. I, I've been surrounded by great men in general and all different stages of their life. So, yeah, it's it's easy to pull apart and put them in that, you know, position and say, what would dad say here? Or what would Mike, you know, make a joke at? Or how would Cody handle that? You know, it, it's easy to put in things like that into our characters and help mold them to be the men we want them to be for the story. So that takes us to the part where we get to talk about cicada season. And before we do that, I am going to read your back matter a little bit, just so that we can get a feel for the story before we talk about it. Okay. Okay. This is Mindy Steele's cicada season. The Miller Creek's matchmakers are multiplying and they aren't done with the Milford half dozen yet. Hannah Troyer thinks she can do it all, but it's clear the young woman needs help with the apple harvest this year. The local bakers have an idea on how to remedy that. Throw in a handsome, overly confident Leon Milford and let the sparks fly. It will be the craziest summer ever to hit Miller's Creek, but who doesn't like a good challenge? I really am excited about reading this third book. I just, your stories make me laugh and I can put myself right in Miller Creek. So this is wonderful. So tell us a little bit about the story. What was the inspiration for this particular third book in the Miller Creek series? Well, the whole series itself was based on a true event that happened to my husband's family, which we have spoken about before. Hannah and Leon were both side characters, like in book one and book two. And anybody who reads my books knows how much I love all my characters and how much I want you to know them so you can get a sense of community. We're introduced to the Milford Half Dozen, which is um, Leon's brothers and him and his family in book two. And this is where Leon and Hannah had their first encounter. I think everyone kind of knew the story was coming. <laughs> From book two, they knew that you were going to go ahead and write the book three about their particular oh, story, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. They, they were strong side characters and, and very important part of Penny and Luke's story in the butterfly box. So I, I do feel like, yeah, everybody kind of knew that it, it was inevitable. Leon and Hannah needed their story. Oh, there we go. Well, tell us a little bit about the story without giving us any spoilers. Well, it's about Hannah Troyer, who is the eldest sister of her family. Um, her father had died with many of the local men when uh, in a May building collapse. The family owns a very large orchard, and her dad had always dreamed of building an Amish market that would help their community and also building up his family's legacy of this, you know, hundred and some year old handed down orchard she simply can't see it fail she had been a local teacher for over a year and she gave that up when her father passed to take care of her family as much as she loves this life she loves the orchard she loves providing for her family it's taken a toll you know she's just one woman there is so much to do 
and it's starting to spill out over the community and people are noticed. And of course, the local matchmakers have a solution on how to help poor Hannah Troyer by coming up with a plan of getting her some help for the summer. So I'm going to tell you about that. It is a story of overcoming pride of seeing past the trees, you know, to know sometimes God knows exactly what we need, exactly when we need it, even if it's handed down through a bunch of old matchmakers. And it's also a very good lesson on how to never judge a book by its cover. Oh, <laughs> well, that was perfect. That was uh, that was going to be my next question is, you know, what is the theme or the message in the book? And that was perfect. That was perfect. So how about you go ahead and read us your first page? Okay. <laughs> Hazel Miller looked up from the table of fudge pulling at the Miller's Bakery when the bell over the door jingled. At this hour, it can only be one person, Hank Fisher. Persistent Hank Fisher. That's who he was, Hazel determined. A person could set their watch by Hank's day. Ten minutes before six, he walked into the bakery for a sweet roll and coffee. By 6.30, he walked out, went two blocks down the street where he where his wood shop was, and worked until 11.00. At that point, one could watch him, brown bag lunch in hand, stroll to the bench at the park across the street. Ducks, called Twin Fork Lake home, often waddled out of the water and squawked for whatever he didn't finish. Hank always had plenty to share. By 11.30, he was back to work in his wood shop when the bakery was at its biggest rush of the day. Then at five after five, every day without fail, Hank stood outside the bakery window until Hazel would look up and wave. Well, she didn't always wave, but after two years, it was just rude to not wave, considering he never left that part of his routine out. It wasn't Christian to be rude and not wave at the poor man, Hazel reasoned, for she was a reasonable woman after all. She almost sounds like she's got a little bit of a nippy attitude. <laughs> she's something. <laughs> <laughs> she's something. That was a great way and a tactful way to put it. So tell us, Mindy, it. what are you up to and what should we expect next from Mindy Steele? Oh, well, you know me. I'm always working on something. Currently, I'm midway in a book in book four. The title is going to be Ladybug Landing, and it's due to release this March. Like cicada season, it's going to be scattered with a lot of humor. And I'm hoping to put plenty of good messages to weave within. I also just signed a new deal with uh, Barber Publishing. It's kind of been one of those places I have always wanted to work with. Barber has such great authors and their historical line along with Wanda Brunsetter. And now I get to write under them. The flower filter is prob. I don't have the release date on that yet. And I'm still putting on the final polish. But I will say to readers listening, this is my all-time favorite story I've ever wrote, and I just cannot wait to share it with you. I've also got a surprise <laughs> that I'm going to share on your podcast first. Okay, uh, this, cool. <laughs> yeah, this November, I'm going to be releasing a new book that we haven't even, I, I think my newsletter subscribers were aware of it, but other than that, I haven't, I've been sort of quiet. A couple years ago, Mike and I was hiking the mountain behind our house, and we come across a set of bones. Uh, we sort of recognized them that they could be a possible foot, and we did find out later that it was. It came from a young bear, which is probably why I never hiked my mountain alone anymore. <laughs> <laughs> While I wrote a book uh, inspired by that find, and then I wrote two more after it and created a series called The Mountain Protectors. It was contracted out, and now book one, Bones on the Mountain, will release in November. 
this is not Amish. It's uh, full of suspense. And I know I've wrote sweet, inspirational suspense or romance for so long. I've been kind of nervous, but I've been blessed to have many author friends and some of the greatest suspense writers in their field. And some of them have already, you know, started doing early reads of it. And so far, I'm getting the thumbs up. So I'm hoping that after taking this huge leap journey and through another genre, readers will find that it's okay that I'm writing separate genres uh, because at first and foremost, I'm just a writer. Everything I write is clean fiction and inspirational, but dabbling in suspense has kind of been a good, you know, balance for me. And I can't wait to hear what everybody has to say when it comes oh, out. Well, that, that's really neat. So will they be able to find that on your website, you know, when, when you get it released and is yes. it going to be under Mindy Steele or is it under a, a pen name? No, I, I know a lot of writers nowadays are doing pen names when they cross genre. But once again, I, I believe if you're a writer, you write. I do not see the sense in coming up with a different name just because I'm writing a different genre. It's still me. It's still my voice. So, yeah, everything will still be under Mindy Steele. And I think my assistant should have uh, everything up and everything on my site probably by the first or the end of this month. And then we should have a cover release shortly after. Oh, wonderful. Who, who picked up that series for you? That's from Ally Press. It's a, a smaller press um, that my agency works with. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what it does. I know they're, you know, the, the few things that they've worked on now that they're brand new and fresh have already hit, you know, Netflix and, and things like that. So they're making big waves really quick. I'm impressed mm-hmm. with them. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, actually, I love to read a good suspense book, so I'm anxious to read this. So that's, that's cool. That's cool. So we are to the point in our interview where I ask some silly questions just for fun that mean absolutely nothing, but it helps our listeners get a feel for who Mindy Steele really is. So are you ready for my crazy question? (laughs) I think. (laughs) All right. They're easy. I promise you. Would you rather... Go on a picnic or to a formal banquet? Well, a picnic. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Like any other woman, I love fixing up my hair, putting on makeup, a pretty dress on an occasion. But if I had to choose, I would definitely rather drop a blanket, sit down and, you know, watch the clouds roll. So there we go. (laughs) I am all about a picnic and a bonfire or, you know, uh, camp in. If you take me camping, we're, we're good to go. We're good to go. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Fried chicken or a steak? Steak. (laughs) Okay. And here's one for you. Every book I've ever uh, contracted, every time I sign a contract, that's my treat. I get oh, steak. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's wonderful. Every time I finish a book, I make my husband take me out to dinner. That's mine. <laughs> That's mine. That's mine. So here's my last question. Where was the last place you and Mike went on a date? Well, what is that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, my husband's on the road so much, but I, I will say, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you, you went to Barb and Mel Beachy's house, and I'm sure yes. that was some alone time, so that was a date. Okay, so we had a weekend away, <laughs> and we did get to have enjoy a couple meals quietly alone, and we did get to enjoy friends. So, yes, we went to Ship Shawana. Thank you. <laughs> See how well I know you. I know where you're at. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> 
Yes. Well, thank you so very much. Is there anything you'd like to say to your readers before we sign off? No, as always, it's just fun to uh, talk with you. I love your podcast and I always enjoy getting to chat. I'm so glad you keep up on me so I know how to answer my questions. (laughs) There you go. I do want to take the time to thank all my faithful readers for their support this year. Uh, with the Faith, Hope, and Love Award, uh, that wouldn't have been possible without you. Sales have been wonderful, great reviews, and, and and I just I cannot say thank you enough for the support of taking on a new author and sticking with her, you know, following her through. So, and I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts and reviews up on my new coming releases. Oh, that's wonderful. I've had forgotten to ask you when does Cicada season release? September twenty seventh. I think it's at last Tuesday. Okay, perfect. I, I will make sure. I don't have it in front of me, but I do believe it's the 27th. All right. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. Yes, it's coming soon. All right. Mindy, I want to thank you for spending time with us this week, and I look forward to hearing more about your future projects here on the Buggy Talk podcast. And to all you listeners, if you want to pick up a copy of The Cicada Season, look for the link in the show notes of this episode that you can find on my website at tracysamishbooks.com, or you can go to Buggy talkpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape. 